everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information john hope bryant is a builder representing the fullness of his visions throughout the course of his entrepreneurial career the brands of john hope bryant look to do well and do good and have impact spanning the u.s and the globe responsible for making financial literacy the official policy of the u.s federal government Bryant's entities have triggered the creation of the government's new space of entrepreneurship development financial disaster preparedness as well as the emergency response and recovery policies in addition one of his most esteemed organizations, Operation Hope, is the first nonprofit authorized by regulatory agencies to operate inside of an FDIC-insured banking branch. Engaged by the Treasury to help develop and launch the Payroll Protection Program, helping countless small businesses and entrepreneurs to survive the pandemic period, Brian has served as an advisor to three sitting U.S. presidents and his work has been widely recognized. From his books to his live streaming series to his podcast, Building the Good Life, John Hope Bryant has received hundreds of awards and citations for his work and has topped some of the most notable lists. On several boards and in various advisory roles, Bryant is often consulted by influential private sector leaders for his unique perspective as one who grew up on the streets but who now spends the majority of his time in the suites. Referred to as the conscience of capitalism by CEOs of Delta Airlines, Walmart, First Republic Bank, and countless others, John O'Brien is an American entrepreneur, thought leader, and philanthropic leader, the visionary behind some of the most successful and change-making organizations in our country. In addition to serving as chairman and CEO of Bryant Group Ventures and the Promise Homes Company, Brian is the founder, chairman, and CEO of Operation Hope Incorporated, which he has remarkably grown to be the largest not-for-profit and best-in-class provider of financial literacy, financial inclusion, and economic empowerment tools and services in the United States. Here with us to discuss his outstanding career of service and success and to share more about the great work he and his organizations are doing, we have American entrepreneur, thought leader, and philanthropic leader, the founder, chairman, and CEO of Operation Hope Incorporated, Mr. John Hope Bryant. This is a Black Information Network daily podcast with your host, Ramses Ja. John Hope Bryant, welcome to the show, sir. How you doing? I'm deeply honored. Honored to be with you. 
Oh, listen, the honor is all ours. Uh, a lot of folks on on the call today, a lot of folks listening in to what we're talking about. And uh, you are a, a much celebrated individual and well-deserved. And, and again, the honor is ours. So let's uh, introduce you uh, if, to our listeners who may not be acquainted. Um, what we like to do here is start at the beginning. So share a little bit about yourself, uh, in particular, your upbringing and sort of what led you to the career path that you're on today. Before I do that, isn't that a bit, a bit of a biblical inspired name, Ramses? I mean, what? Oh, what yeah. A, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. It, it means the son of the God of the sun. It's the name of the Egyptian Pharaoh that Moses petitioned to let his people go. Woo! So, so that is that is me. <laughs> I love that. That's that's, you, that's making that's making smart sexy. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, to answer your question, um, my story really started with my mom and my dad, but really, uh, and that was in South Central LA um, when I was five years old as the earliest memory I had when my mom and dad were arguing over money, domestic abuse, they were fighting over money. My dad had hit my mother. I was calling the police um, on my dad to get him off my mom. And then my mother put off her three inch pump uh, or, or shoe with a heel on it and popped my dad mm. on the head. And it's funny now, it wasn't funny then. And I said, no, come, come, come. My, my mother is beating up on my father. And, um, as funny, as much as that may be cute to say now, it was obviously traumatic enough that I still remember it, um, all this time forward. And, um, you know, uh, that was over money. Mm. My, my dad had got to the bank before my mother, my mother had saved $4,000 to send my brother to a college of his choice. Um, and, uh, my dad got to the bank first cause he had a, he thought he had a better idea of what to do with that $4,000 my mother saved. Mm -hmm. And they, and, and my dad also didn't realize they were on the same team. Uh, I, you know, I think that math to quote my friend Melody Hobson, I like math because it doesn't have an opinion. Um, the only time I disagree with my own theory on that is in relationships. I think in relationships, you need to be better together. And if two plus two does not equal six, eight, or 10, what the heck are you doing? Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, cute is not enough. <laughs> cute, uh, you know, uh, the waist, the waist expands, the, 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 the top drops, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. the belly, the belly expands if you're a dude. You got to have more than cute. You know, what's your credit score? Uh, and what's your mission for your life? Right. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and who's doing what? Like who's, who has what strength? Sure. So anyway, my, my dad didn't ask any of those questions and he confused cash flow and profit. And and the more money he made, the broker we got. So we we had a gas station, an eight unit apartment building, a nursery business, a cement contracting business, uh, our own home. We lost it all. Um, and uh, we lost it because my dad made that that in a range of other decisions that were emotional and full of pride. Uh, good guy. My dad, I'm a businessman because of my dad, but on financial literacy, he missed the boat completely and didn't ask my mother, who was a financial management genius, who was a credit score of 857 today. Um, I didn't even know it went that high. Mm -hmm. And so we lost it all. And I'm, that was my first traumatic experience. Now, let me pause there because the story actually starts a generation before that. My, my grandfather was R.B. Smith, who was a sharecropper. In a, he was born in 1871 in Mississippi, which means he's probably born into slavery. <laughs> There's no memos back then on, hey, you're free. Right. Uh, but he was, from a historical perspective, we know he was he owned a, a share. He was a sharecropper. 
So but my granddad was a sharecropper, maybe a slave. My dad owned a business and I'm an entrepreneur. My great-grandmother was a slave. My grandmother owned one home. My mother owned seven. I owned 700. So I'm not a genius. I'm role modeling, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And uh, and we have not had that in the Black community. We've not had wealth creation, role modeling, or business creation, entrepreneurship development, role modeling at scale in the Black community. That's a problem and because uh, you model what you see. And if you hang around nine broke people, you'll be the 10th. Um, and I tell people, if you want to not be poor, do the exact opposite of what poor people do. Um, we spend a lot of time, as an example in our community, trying to impress somebody we don't want to be like. And think about that for a minute. Wow. That's heavy. So, I mean, there's more to the story, but I want to stop and not give you more. I don't want to take you down a road that you're not interested in. But the short version of that story, my the first death was the death of our net worth when I was five. Then a guy who saved my life was murdered in front of me over money when I was seven, drugs. Uh, he saved my life, and I was waiting for him to come home, and he was murdered right in front of me. I was seven years old. I still see it happening. When I'm nine, my best friend was murdered with the next-door neighbor over drugs. Uh, so by the time I was nine, I was done. I was like, there's got to be a better way. We are smart people. Black folks, we've been doing so much with so little, so long. We can almost do anything with nothing. you know. And wherever the rate, playing field is leveled and the rules are published, professional sports, the arts, politics, we excel. So why can't we do it in this money thing, this capitalism thing? Because what we don't know that we don't know that's killing us, but we think we know. Um, and so there was an epiphany when I was nine years old, an epiphany that changed my whole life. Well, talk to us about it. I'm nine. I'm, I went to school in Compton and this white, guy with a blue suit beautiful stitching red tie and a white shirt 6'2 showed up in my classroom he was a banker for Bank of America and the only guy I knew who was white with a suit on was a detective and it was not a good suit (laughs) and this this suit was beautifully stitched you know how you can tell expensive you know his car was in the parking lot brand new with a tag on it a license plate (laughs) right Okay. you know okay this is legal he had a business card, said the 16th floor, the only multi-level building in Compton was the courthouse. He had a, he was there in the middle of the day, which meant he was on a salary. My mother had an hourly job. Like this was like a meeting in Martian. And by the second or third session of him coming and teaching financial literacy in this classroom, I raised my hand. I said, excuse me, sir, what do you do for a living? And how'd you get rich legally? And I was dead serious. (laughs) He said, I'm a banker and I finance entrepreneurs. I said, sir, I never heard the word entrepreneur in my entire life. I'm nine years old. No one's ever taught me that word. Taught me worker. (laughs) Taught me wage earner. You know, taught me paycheck. Taught me what crime is. (laughs) Uh, You know, taught me what probation is, parole is. No one's ever taught me that word entrepreneur. I never heard it in my own life. French word, build something from nothing. He said, young man, I'm a banker, not finance entrepreneurs. I said, whatever an entrepreneur is, if you're financing it, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm next. <laughs> I'm next, man. I went home, opened up the dictionary. We'd say a Google search today. And I worked, I, 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 I man, the endorphins pop, man, on the on the right side of my brain. You know, a lot of us depressed, man. A lot of us in our neighborhoods, we're, we're, we're in surviving mentality. I think 70% of 
black folks, clinically undiagnosed, depressed. And that was before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so this opened up the endorphins on the right side of my brain. I just, the creativity, the hope, the well-being, the belief, the confidence, the joy, even. I started seeing the muffler shop as a business. The nail salon is a business. Okay. The hair salon is a business. The liquor store is a business. I, my endorphins. So I went to the liquor store at Cersei selling the wrong kind of candy. He said, go away, little boy. I've got a college degree. I said, that's nice. I got cavities. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, by the way, at the same time, I'm still going to this weekly class for financial literacy. Okay. So I, by the third or fourth session, I start versus ridiculing this dude. I start dressing like him. I, I, my, my mother made me suits because she didn't afford to buy me one. So I had this crush velvet purple three-piece suit with a ruffled that's shirt. That's all right. I, that's all right. I wore no, I got beat up every day. And I and I wore to school. There somebody's gonna put it in the museum actually now, I'm told, in Washington. And I had a little briefcase, whatnot in it, but my dreams. Okay. I was selling mail, mail order mail order from Stacey Adams. That's all right too. Oh yeah. I like it was that. on flying packs, right? So anyway, I told his dad at Hootspa and I told this guy he was selling the wrong kind of candy. He said, you know, you 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 talk really well. You got a lot of confidence. Come sell candy for me at the candy candy counter. I'll pay you top dollar. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I want to be a salesman. I don't want to ba- I don't want to bounce a ball on the basketball court. I want to own the court. Yeah. <laughs> I want to own the team. I don't yeah. want to rock a mic. I want to own the publishing rights. Like I don't I don't want to be a salesman. I don't want to rock a mic, hit a ball, bounce a ball. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I don't want to dance. I don't want to dance unless I own the stage. Yeah. So I said, make me a box boy, which is the worst job he had. And I worked three weeks doing that and quit. So all I want to know is where he bought his inventory. <laughs> what the wholesale and retail rates were on the side of the box, you know, the inventory sheet. Okay. And, and I went home and my mother, I told her at this place called smart and final down the street, it sells candy wholesale. I need 40 bucks. And she said, well, life is, life is tough. I'll loan it to you. So we went to the smart and final with, she went with me and we talked the owner of the place without a business license to give me some racks and some candy we paid for. And I went home and ate through half the inventory. sold the other half and made $300 a week. And put the liquor store out of the candy business. And what do you think that did to my self-esteem? Oh, you was off. I was 10 years old. And it it just changed everything. My endorphins changed in the right side of my brain and never changed back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. 
There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. We are here today with American entrepreneur, thought leader, and philanthropic leader, the founder, chairman, and CEO of Operation Hope Incorporated, Mr. John Hope Bryant, discussing his remarkable career of service and success and the great work that he and his organization are doing. You know what? There's something that um, is, you you mentioned something, uh, you mentioned two things, actually, one of which is you know, you said, you know, you don't want to lean into this story if that's not the direction of this conversation. First, I want to say it absolutely is. And the second thing you said is that black people need to effectually what you're saying is that we need to, you know, learn financial literacy. And I think that we can learn a lot from your stories. Your stories are not uncommon uh among black people, as you well know. My story, myself, I'm from Compton myself. That was where I was born. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, you're yeah. Probably, so, you're probably the bougie part with stucco houses. <laughs> like that. Um, but there's some other, you know, profound things that uh you have said so far. And, you know, I know some other profound things that you've you're quoted as saying. And so I want you to feel like, hey, we're here for it. That's that that's exactly what we're looking forward to today. Um, so I want to ask this next question. Speaking of, you know, something you're quoted as saying, uh, one of your quotes, it, it comes from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. It says, uh, I was well on my way to becoming an arrogant prick, blaming poverty on the poor yeah. until Rodney King. Yeah. And then you go on to say that the Rodney King riots were your baptism. So yeah. talk to us about that and how that sort of impacted your thinking. Uh, yeah, by the way, Rodney King, and then came George Floyd, uh, mm-hmm. which was the the lightning rod for the movement. Uh, sure. but by the way, not just for me. I think it. I, I think it, it level set all black folks for the next ten years. Oh, yeah. if we if we miss this opportunity, uh, his life would have been in vain. But if we don't miss it, then he's a saint. <laughs> right. um, but go back to your question, which is the Rodney King piece, and and more so this quote of mine, which is an accurate quote. Okay. Um, look, I had succeeded early. 
I was homeless. Uh, I made it out of no way. I knew that racism didn't make me homeless. The white man didn't make me homeless. Discrimination didn't make me homeless. My arrogance made me homeless. I had too much confidence, too much belief. I confused business with busyness. I didn't take care of the administration. I didn't take care of the back room. I was out there selling without understanding what I was doing. And mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, my charisma was enough and, uh, and ended up homeless. So from that perspective, discrimination existed, but not for me. <laughs> that okay. was, I was my own asset and my own worst not enemy. Me. And I had to get out of my own way. And so I became obsessed with self-empowerment and self-learning and all that kind of stuff. And so fast forward, making matters worse, I succeeded uh, with this company. I went to go work for it to pay a guy back. It was an investor who I had lost his money. So he got me a job working at a mortgage company. I didn't want to be in the mortgage or banking business. It was all an accident. I got a C in math, for God's sakes, when I was uh, in elementary school. And uh, uh, and, and so, uh, but I found out like everything's about money. I was went to go work at this mortgage company. So I was like, I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to, I'll be your partner. And the guy who owned the company laughed, just like the candy store owner laughed. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, look, tell you what, I'll work for you for free. He wanted me to do these 20% interest loans in the hood. Whoa. And 20 points, 20% 20 interest, they're called hard money loans. And I'm like, I can't do this in all good conscience. By the way, that's where I discovered unconscious racism, un unconscious discrimination. These were not bad people that I worked for. They were not racist people who were trying to hurt black people. They were trying to get a 30 or 40% return on their money. Sure. And, and they found that, that a hood down the street, the people would pay, would pay it on a secured real estate. So they weren't, you know, they were just, um, they were just agnostic, right? Yeah. And, but I cared. So I'm like, I can't give that little old lady that loan. So tell you what. I'll work for you slowly. <laughs> I'll work for you for free. But you got to make me a partner in a new division. I'll give you half the profits of that new division, making uh, short-term loans to Hollywood, which I knew very well. Oh, another story. I was an uh, actor, not a very good one. Okay. Uh, but I knew people. So he said, just shut me up. Sure. And so he got a free employee, uh, like a sharecropper, I guess, like my grandfather. And I failed the California real estate test three times. And and basically, this test is so basic. If you fail it four times, they say it's you're too dumb uh, to be a California real estate agent. You can't take it again. So I failed it three times. Everybody laughed at me. But the fourth time I, fast, I passed it. And the first year, I did zero in business. Second year, I did nine million. Third million, I did 15 million. I'm 20. Now I'm like 21 years old. Uh, then I did $24 million a year in business and bought my employer. So I had all this chutzpah in me. <laughs> And I had, and I, and racism hadn't stopped me. Okay. So when the Rodney King thing happened, my initial philosophy was, oh, you know, Rodney King probably did something to get his whip, <laughs> and uh, he deserves to go to prison. Put the officers who did it next to him. That was my philosophy. Fair exchange, no robbery. Both of them go to jail. And yeah. I, and I'm like, racism is gone. What you no? Know, what everybody talking about? These these officers going to? There was a trial in Simi Valley, all which is known as, as a place where police officers live sure. in California. Mm -hmm. Uh, like all the whole city's police officers. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, it doesn't matter the trials there. These guys are going to be convicted. This is America. Well, they all got off. And that was my aha moment. When they all got off, I realized that sometimes you don't have justice, you have just us. And and to tell and to rationalize is to tell rational lies. And I was telling myself a lie, which is just because I made it. And my mother told me she loved me every day of my life. And my dad owned his own business that I was broke, but I wasn't poor. Yeah. I didn't realize that I, I was broke. I grew up in the hood, homeless, the whole thing, but I was never poor, which is a mind mindset 
in a heartfelt condition. I was never depressed. And it took that moment with Rodney King. The riots lit up right after that. The whole city, and I could see it from my beautiful office in West LA, marble marble floors, Florida ceiling glass. I was living the life, man. But I was feeling like a schmuck. And, And so I left my office and went to South Central to my church, to Reverend Murray. And I was feeling very guilty. What can I do to help? And he turned to me and said, take your business skills and help to rebuild our community. Teach us capitalism. And so that's what I did. I did a banker's bus tour through South Central LA five days after the Rodney King riots. And I had a bunch of bankers who had made money in those those years in my mortgage and, you know, private banking business, put them on a bus, SWAT team around us (laughs) because LAPD was freaked out. It was a chief, black chief, Bernard Parks at the time. Uh, I think Mayor Tom, Mayor Tom, Black Mayor and Black Police Chief. Um, And they were freaked out. I was taking these rich people to South Central LA in the middle of the riots. And so they put a SWAT team around me. Nothing happened. But we found a pharmacist in South Central LA whose pharmacies had been burned down. And we rebuilt it with these bankers on the bus. And I said, well, these one one banker wouldn't do it. But I got five bankers to share the risk. And they a no turn and a yes. So that sort of became the theory one of the theories behind Operation Hope, and I was able to, and another theory was why people were sort of meeting in City Hall and planning, it was PhD thoughts, I was doing PhD work. So why are you going to meet, I'm going to act. Okay. And all those were the building blocks for this 26-year-old young man who in the backdrop of the Rodney King riots became reborn and re- and baptized in a new theology called Community Uplift. And I think this is today, by the way, the third reconstruction. The first one was about freedom, 1800s, mm-hmm. after the Civil War, Frederick Douglass, Abraham Lincoln, Freedman's Bank, 1865. The second one was about um, access, Dr. King, my mentor, our spokesman, Andrew Young, my play father, uh, access, uh, the creation of the black middle class, cashing checks at scale. And the third one is the opportunity, which is now, between now and 2030, on the backdrop of George Floyd. Um, and I think that's about opportunity. So- Freedom, access, opportunity from civil rights in the streets to silver rights in the business suites. This concludes part one of our two-part conversation with Mr. John Hope Bryant, American entrepreneur, thought leader, and philanthropic leader, and the founder, chairman, and CEO of Operation Hope Incorporated. Check back in with us tomorrow for part two with your host, Ramses Jaw right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.